This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. So listen to this story coming out of the Wall Street Journal. You've heard of the Wall Street Journal, I'm sure. Big, credible magazine, been around a long time. Kind of the gold standard, if you will, I think, uh, at least in today's age of journalism, integrity, good writing, probably laying it on a little thick. I don't necessarily put that much credence into the Wall Street Journal. I don't read it a lot. It requires a subscription that I do not support. I support the Epic Times, so I read that, but I don't read the Wall Street Journal because I won't pay for it. But I'll read the free stuff that they send out. Regardless, that's a personal preference issue. The point is this. Would you not agree that the Wall Street Journal is a credible magazine or a credible uh, newspaper? I would say it is, mostly. I'm not saying I agree with her, but I never really had anything that the, you know, the Wall Street Journal produced. I'm sure it has, but uh, usually pretty good information. No? Well, listen to this one. Because it perfectly, whatever you think about that, I guess. Not sure really that that's that important to the point now that I just spent all that time taking you through that. Uh, you remember what I said yesterday? I want to illustrate a point to you that I've been trying to illustrate on this podcast for a long time. Hopefully this, this drills the point home. You remember what I said yesterday about the jobs report? Nobody catches this stuff. I was talking kind of fast, I think, going through a lot of stuff, just going on my normal diabolic flurry of rage. <laughs> what did I say? The jobs report, again, there's a record number of people employed. You remember that? And I say, get out of town. No. What did I say? I bet you there's going to be a revised jobs report. Didn't I say that? And I said, but it's not going to matter because the damage will be done. This is the new age, too. They're like, yeah, just re- the, release it so it's pres- uh, positive to the president. And then, you know, the de- whatever department that it is that does that, they'll eat a little crow with the media. What do they care? You know, a few business people scream, ah, yeah, you went it wrong again. Yeah, but, but, but Uncle Joe will be happy. Hey, thanks for doing that for me. Because nobody's going to care in a month or two. It's, oh, record, yeah. Well, I, th- I thought Joe Biden, and all of a sudden, sublim- sub- subliminally, 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 sub- I can't say it. I'm not going to try it. I don't know what's up with that. It's kind of freaking me out with a certain tongue tying. Um, anyway, I don't know the concussion or what the deal is. Getting older, all the above. The point is this. You come out with a jobs report. They say there's a record number of jobs. Record number of people employed. Forgive me. That was yesterday. They plant this seed. Whether or not it's true, whether or not anybody took the time to verify, you don't hear the Wall Street Journal coming out and say, hey, by the way, we looked into this and it's bunk. They didn't do that. I'm going to tell you what they said instead. But the, the, the propaganda damage has already been done. Obama talked about it. It's well-known science. It's not a conspiracy theory. You flood the public square with the same message. And that message is that Uncle Joe is doing a great job and we want him for a second term. And I think you have people walking around like uh, on autopilot, okay, okay. And then they, they hired this little uh, voodoo doctor to be the, uh, the, the, the the correspondent there. She's like Obama 2.0. Boy, I thought I had a good Obama impression at a time. This lady, she's got the eye. I'm like, is that, is that, is that his sister? And I think that just like him, 
they just talk in a way that puts people, oh, oh, it's the border is Biden's primary concern. It's the Republicans. Oh, he should have known. Just lies on top of lies. So let me tell you the story that I started with. Wall Street Journal. Remember what's going on about that? Jobs report. Yesterday we're told, I don't, does anybody have the link handy? I forget who pushed that out. I think it was more than one source. But that was yesterday that the jobs came, report came out. There's a record number of people employed. Yay, the economy's good. Inflate, there's no inflation. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, that was yesterday. Today, the Wall Street Journal comes out and says the debate swirling inside HR departments, how to lay off workers. And then they go and talk about, yeah, you know, there's lots of cuts, these big companies and other companies are looking to do the same. Now, they don't say that, uh, you know, there's just a shift. You know, who's embellishing or not reporting the full story? I, I don't even know. I don't even want to point any fingers. I don't want to make any accusations. Who's to not, I don't know that there's anything sinister going on. Who knows? It's just sloppy. Maybe it's just the way things are. Maybe it's in this new age. I'm just saying, look, how do you make sense of all that? How does a simple brain that's not reading this stuff like some podcaster nut and just, you know, casually observing the news, how are they supposed to, to, to filter all this stuff and make any sense out of it? And you wonder why everybody's acting like they're nuts. I don't know. What's the answer to that? If I could tell you that, I could cure cancer. I really could. But do you see what I'm saying with the the, the purposeful confusion, the misleading? Yesterday, records, record number of people employed. No mention even of the fact that that record was previously set by Trump. A record previously set by Donald Trump was recently broken by President Biden. And I'm like, so, I mean, if that's the case, this is really a demographic thing that neither of them probably deserve any credit for. Really. Maybe many things are like that. We just don't realize it. Anyway. I just wanted to show you that uh, lack of congruency you hear. That's the term I've used, the lack of congruency in the news and how it creates conflict, chaos, confusion. It's evil. It's not good. These aren't good things. I saw Tony Robbins had a good, um, good arguments or healthy arguments at work or something like that. Or, like, how about the smooth running where people are getting along? I mean, I, I don't say healthier. Now, not that I don't think that tough conversations, it's not okay to have that it is. You want know, to be respectful, professional, or whatever. But this is not, a, this conflict is not a sign of a smooth running team or organization. It's an indication that there's a problem that needs to be dealt with, quite frankly, no matter how it's, it, it, it displayed itself. I just think that we've changed in this regard. I don't know. It's like somehow we're like encouraging the, the conflict. You know, I think there's a lot of people, and, and, and these are Republicans and Democrats, by the way, that they walk around with this mentality that think, oh, that that's so-and-so, they need to be put in their place. You know the type of person that I'm talking about? Maybe some of you are that type. Oh, yeah, yeah, Trump, somebody needs to put him in his place. Hmm. And, and maybe it's, it's, it's being verbalized a little differently, but that's what it's boiled down to. And maybe you've seen that at work. Oh, yeah, somebody needs to put her in her place. What does that mean? Somebody needs to put put her or him in her place. But I think that's how most people are. Oh, yeah. yeah. Somebody needs it. You know, and it's just become this mob mob mentality. And they, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. More people think, a lot of people think Trump should be put in his place. Who cares? That's the country that we live in. Anyway, I just thought that article was interesting. The debate's rolling around inside HR departments, how to lay off workers. Major story coming out of a major 
publication, but that's not the headline that people are going to remember. Record number of people employed. I thought, what happened? You know, it's funny to me, too, how people's memories are so short. I was so excited about this Biden-Kamala uh, presidency because I, I, don't know, I was led to believe. Now, you know, obviously, I didn't vote in this direction. I thought it would be a better idea to go in a different direction. But that being said, I was really excited about what they laid out. Anybody remember the debates? We're going to have uh, free health care and free college. Well, that's the dirty Republicans that have done that, right? They played that up nicely. And the same with the health. Yeah, the Republicans want to take away your health care. Yep, that's it. They get it. It's the Republicans' fault. Should have known. Probably Trump. But free health care, free college. And I believe, pretty sure, we were talking about this little thing called free money. Guaranteed basic income. They like to put a little fancier name on it. I get it. It's got to clear the, the lawyers and whatnot. I call it free money. You call it guaranteed basic income. I was thought it would be a pretty good deal, to be honest with you. I was arguing that we should get a solar panel thrown in at least, but nobody wanted to negotiate. <laughs> Let me share a little story with you that I got out of Backwoods Home Magazine. Here's a bit something a little different for you than this draconian news. Let me pull this fork out of my eye. Here, let me go. Re- let me just go check out some news articles. Let's talk about that. Yeah, let me get this dusty spoon out of my eye. Um, <laughs> so this is from Backwoods Home Magazine. You might enjoy it a little better. The headline caught my eye: "Dad and the Franklin Stove." And uh, I don't even need to. I'm not even going to look at the article because I already read it and I know the story. And I'm going to tell you this story in my own version: "Dad and the Franklin Stove." It's Backwoods Home Magazine. And so, of course, they're, you know, talking about survival, homesteading, that kind of thing, living off the land. And, you know, there really is something to living off the land, isn't there? What is it? That you're free. Not really. You're a slave to the land, but better to be a slave to the land than the people, I say. Rather to be a slave to the land than... Rather, better to be a slave to the land than the man. Woo! Man, that could be the next catchphrase there. I see that. That's better than MAGA. Anyway, um, let me let me put myself in my place. How's that? Uh, Backwoods Home Magazine, Dad in the Franklin Stove. And he goes on to tell the story about how he's always very close to his dad. They cut firewood as a kid, and uh, he ordered this Franklin Stove from the Sears catalog. And uh, some of you will remember the Sears catalog. Man, I grew up, you know, Saturday mornings eating super sugary cereal, watching inappropriate cartoons uh, while looking at the Sears catalog, dreaming of the day that I would just be able to shop endlessly and spend, 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 Uh, which has arrived, by the way. And now I'm like so tired of that, I want to become a minimalist, but that's another story. Thank you, Amazon. Uh, My childhood childhood horrors achieved. Give everything I want. Ah, What do I do now? But anyway, uh, they order this Franklin stove from the Sears catalog. This kid's growing up. He, he, tell, he says how his cheap his parents were. They had a one-acre garden. I think about that, and I'm like, oh, boy. I mean, and this at a time, you know, where I don't think there was a lot of equipment and stuff like that. There's a lot of labor. I'm thinking, man, an acre garden? How many people does that feed? <whistles> Probably more than just people, right? Maybe selling stuff, too. One-acre garden? That's nothing, right? Nothing in terms of farming. You better go look at an acre 
and put a hoe in your hand and start digesting that story a little bit better, let me tell you. I don't know how you keep up with the weeds from one end to the other. By the time you get started, you're going to have to start right back again, probably, I would imagine. You don't do it that way. You know, you'd have to have different systems in place. Not going to garden like a knucklehead like me and go out there and I actually enjoy the weeding. I, know I do it with a hammer, trying a few new things. We'll talk about that in the spring. Anyway, this kid's growing up on this homestead, one-acre garden. Dad orders this uh, wood stove from the Sears catalog. And uh, he talks about growing up and cutting firewood, that he loved it. And uh, some years later, he's living up in Connecticut, away from his family. I forget where the, uh, oh, Ohio is where the, where the homestead was, parents. Parents were living there with a the disabled adult daughter. And this guy had grown up, and he's living out in Connecticut, and his dad uh, had a heart problem. It wasn't a heart attack, but thought it was a heart attack. Ends up in the hospital for a while. And so this guy's self-employed, so he goes back to the homestead in Ohio with the Sears and Roebuck Franklin stove. And uh, since he's self-employed, he can stay to take care of his elderly mother and the disabled sister, which is going well. Dad's recovering, taking care of things on the old farm, and uh, the power goes out. And I think it was a winter storm, they said. Yeah, winter storm. Sub-zero temperatures, high winds, boom, power goes out. And uh, he delightfully tells the story of gathering up the firewood and relighting that same Franklin wood stove. And he talks about what a reliable source of heat. And uh, they had no water because the well went down, which is something I've talked about here. So they had to melt snow. How do you do that? And he talks about how this, this Franklin stove basically, I don't know if it saved their lives. I don't know what their ability to travel. I have to believe they, you know, this wasn't like a, not like they were out in the, in the middle of Ontario or something like that. But, uh, you know, they were able to keep going with little disruption, keep everybody at home and stay warm. And he finishes, what's, what's your backup plan? And I talked about this many times. I mean, I don't know if I could draw a circle, but most of the country at some point runs the risk of needing heat. Definitely there's places in the country where water is a higher priority than heat. I would totally agree. But I would still argue that in terms of preparation, your most immediate need, not always because you know, if it's summer, but it arguably could be even in the summer in Arizona, that, you know, that it get cold at night, that something weird come through. You could die in 40 degrees, I'll bet. Certain, if you're compromised, you know, certain you know, things happen in, in threes or whatever. You know, you get wounded, you're in shock, and it drops down to 40. You end up dying because you have no heat. I'm being a little dramatic with all that. But my point is this. I think in most of the country, heat is a priority. So I just wanted to remind, it was a good reminder to me, because I actually don't have a, a solid solution on this. We don't want to put in a wood stove. I actually think I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to move in the direction I was going to go anyway, and that's with the fireplace insert, the glass doors on there. Anyway, I want to get you thinking about that, but there was a different reason I brought it up. I wanted to take a mental break from the, the worries of the day and the problems of the news, and I wanted to tell you this little story. Uh, this this reading that, uh, it really caught my attention because uh, out of all of my brothers and sisters, how many of this are there? I always forget. I think there's seven total. I'm actually an only child, lots of divorces and things like that, but all half-brothers and sisters, some of them pretty disconnected, frankly. Uh, but, you know, seven of us, uh, my siblings. 
And out of all of us, I feel like I'm the closest to my father. I've always been and probably always will be. And I never really knew why. Uh, but it hit me in reading this, to be honest with you. And I think a big part of it was because I worked with him. I was talking to a good buddy of mine who was very close to his father. The same, he worked with his father. And uh, it doesn't always go well. I could tell you some not-so-fond memories of working with my father. Some, I'm sure some things he wouldn't remember the way I did. I'll just tell you this story real quick. It's not the reason I brought it up. My, my father was an incredible craftsman, incredible cabinet maker, inventor, artist. He was really a true, is a true Renaissance man. Um, but anyway, uh, he did made a lot of cabinets, a lot of laminate work. And um, if you, he used to, uh, he liked using the radial arm saw instead of a table saw. Why? I don't know. Um, but he did. That was his preference. And so he would, uh, doing this laminate work, you know what I'm talking about, for Micah? Nobody remembers this. This is probably like ancient history to most people. Well, anyway, we'd be ripping down this laminate into the proper width strips. Now, I think that for Micah comes, I believe it's 12-foot rolls. It comes coiled up. You cut the tape, and it like, like a giant spring. I'm like 10, just to paint the picture, in the wood shop. No safety equipment. I should report this to OSHA right now, now that I think about it. I loved it. I did. I love the smell. Not not a formica. Have you ever smelled formica being cut? Anyway, my father, to to say that that he was uh, really anal about his blades and how sharp, and how many times I heard it with everything, with the sharpness and what his fascination with that was. But anyway, um, you pull this formica through. It's on this like spring. It's like a board. Has no, it has rigidity in some directions. It's flopping around. The outfeed table's 8 feet. The piece is 12 feet. I'm 10 years old. Inevitably, we'd be ripping. And this is not like a ripping a piece down. We're just getting a production environment here. Making cabinets for, one time I made cabinets for the mall down here, for the food court. My father made those. Funny stories there, too. But anyway, for, this happened every time we did the Formica. It'd come down, and at some point, the piece would shift a little bit, and ding, you'd hear that, you'd hear ding the blade. Oh, my father would throw a bloody fit every time. Actually, next time I talk to him, I'm going to talk to him about this. I think, I'm like, you know, I'm going to send you the bills for the therapy pop that I had to go through because you couldn't control yourself over the stupid Formica hitting the blade. <laughs> anyway, I liked working with my father. And one of the things I remember fondly is... Uh, is cutting firewood. I'll tell you one thing, man. I remember we were out in Downingtown. Who's our buddy? What, Ray from Exton? I don't know if you're still listening, Ray. Maybe you'll catch it. We're living out in Downingtown. A, a big farm out there. My family rented. And uh, there was no choice. It was either cut wood or go cold, man. There was no oil delivery coming. We didn't have the money. And so, my, you know, same thing. I, I, don't, I just keep saying 10 years old. I don't remember how old I was, but I was young. And go out there, and it's cold, out there with the tractor. And we're like, this is like a 150-acre farm. So, in other words, we're like 54 miles from the house. It's not like you can just, you know, just go back home. It's no big deal. Yeah. Take a look at that hike. There's a reason we took the tractor out there. So, I'm like, Dad, I'm cold. He's like, uh, warm your hands up by the engine block on the tractor. That's what I got. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that'll work. That's much better. We're not stopping cutting wood to take you back to the house, kid. That's what's the message there. <laughs> oh, my father. But I did. I loved it. And I didn't think I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know if my hands got warmed up or not. But we got through it. Nobody got 
frostbite, and, and it was a, a, an exercise in working. And my father and my mother, they expected me to work. And uh, I'm thankful for that, man. I might not have been very thankful for it at the time. But looking back, holy cow. You know, I look at some of these people. If I had to look in the mirror and see Joe Biden staring back at me, I, I don't think I could do it. Or Hunter Biden or something. You know, I just it would rather be me. Whatever that means, whatever, whatever, whatever which wood I got to cut, whatever slave I have to be to the land, I'd rather be that. At least it's honest, right? And uh, anyway, it was fond memories. By the way, my my father lived out in Wisconsin for a time. I didn't. I was living uh, with my mom here in Pennsylvania. I'd go out there in the summers. And my father had a, a Franklin wood stove. I don't think it came from Sears. But um, yeah, thing, they do a great job heating up the house. They really do. Anyway, back up heat. Give it some thought. Make your kids work. That's my message. Um, Florida sex bondage date. Turn. This is a couple things that caught my eye. I want to just give you this... Uh, this is some of the big headlines, all right? Let me just run you through this, but then I want to talk about something else. I'm going to tell you why. Um, Florida sex bondage date turns deadly when victim bit man's genitals. What do you mean, turns deadly? Oh, I, I thought that was like the highlight of the show, wasn't it? I thought that was the whole point of that. This is what they're putting in the news. Public transit off the rails, fewer riders, dwindling cash, rising crime. Really? What public transit off the rails? There really is none in, in Texas. There's no trains. Are you talking about New York? I don't know. The trains here seem to be filled back up. They were down for a while, and I really haven't heard of much, a little bit of rising crime on the subways in Philadelphia, but not on the regional rail lines. They've been fine. I took it coming back from the airport. I think I told you the story. Did I tell you guys the story? I'll tell you real quick. Um, I had to get down to the airport a couple months ago, and I took an Uber. To get down, I had to be down there. You know, I had to leave at like the house at like zero three, and I wasn't going to bother my wife with that. And uh, I'm getting ready to leave, and I'm looking at the parking thing down there. And it looks like there's some problems down there, and I'm like, I don't run my vehicle a lot, so I worry about the battery. I got to put it on a trickle charger, and uh, I'm like, ah, what am I doing? I'm like, what am I thinking? I'm just going to call an Uber. So I did, and it was great. Guy was great. Show up on time. Got a great ride down there. Hundred dollars with the tip, and the airport's not that far away. 40 minutes, 45 minutes. So um, anyway, uh, coming back, I'm like, you know, let me see if I can grab the regional rail. And uh, come back, and uh, I'm, I'm walking, I go get my luggage, I'm walking by, there's like a platform to go down to see it. And uh, um, the train's sitting right there, like it was waiting for me. <laughs> Hop on the train and go. And for 10 bucks, I came out uh, a mile and a half from my house. And it was just, uh, I mean, for $10, and actually uh, probably took less time than the Uber, quite frankly, with traffic considerations and so forth. So, I don't know. Based on what I see here, I see a great train system, quite frankly. I think our regional rail is actually pretty pretty good and pretty important. I think they need to expand it, if anything. I think when you operate a rail line off of a hub in the center of a city like Philadelphia, really an ideal way to run it. They need to do a uh, better job, in my opinion, coordinating it with New Jersey. You should be able to come out like a circle. Anyway, me the city planner. There you go. Anyway, here's the headlines. Sex bondage date. Not going to repeat that. Public transit off the rails. Who knows if it's true? This is a fascinating story right here. Uh, watchdog group accuses this... Um, 
Who's this this Republican guy? Let me see the names here. Yeah, George uh, Santos. Boy, did he upset everybody, eh? And it's really kind of funny. Do you know what he's done wrong, by the way? Does anybody understand what this representative George said? He pretty much lied about everything. But that's not the problem. He said he was Jewish. He came out and he said, no, I said it was Jew-ish. I mean, is she Jew? And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> he's like, I embellished a little bit. It's like, the, you know, we're at the college. I don't know what the details were. But that's not the problem. Do you know what the problem is? That's not what everybody's upset about. That's not what the, the, the politicians aren't upset about that. That's not even an issue. That's standard operating procedure. The problem is that he admitted that he lied. I mean, if he had been like, listen, I think there's been a lot of misinformation out there, and those of you that continue to push it need to be brought to justice. <laughs> how funny would that have been? That's how you handle that. I gotta have my lawyers look into this for slander. How dare you? What did you say about me? <laughs> well, anyway, watch. Listen to this headline: Watchdog Group. I, let me let me read this. I already gave it away. Let me read the headline to you. You tell me what the what the what the um, trigger words are. Watch. I don't know if trigger words is the right one, but what words do you need to pay attention to? Watchdog Group accuses George Santos of campaign fa- finance violations in FEC complaint. What's what, what what should catch your eye there? George Santos, campaign violations, FEC complaint. What's missing? Who's this watchdog group? A national watchdog group. No information here. Uh, here we go. Yes, it is. The Campaign Legal Center, a nonpartisan campaign watchdog organization, filed the complaint with the FEC on Monday. It says nonpartisan. You can pretty much rest assured that it's partisan. Not really, but I guarantee you that they didn't go investigating this. Maybe they looked around. The problem is uh, $705,000 that he's saying he loaned to himself. They don't know where the money came from. They're suggesting that maybe it came from a different entity, and and what he's done is illegal, Uh, like every other candidate, as opposed to what? Biden filtering Ukraine money back to his son through a barista? (laughs) See how Biden is like... How dare you speak about my my uh, challenged, whatever the word would be, son. <laughs> uh, yeah, your son's a drug addict loser. How dare, lots of people have struggled with drug abuse, and I'm proud of my son for the way he's come around. <laughs> I was like, and you, sir, deserve an Emmy. Guy lies better than my ex-wife. Oof, did I just say that? Anyway, um, <laughs> I better edit that out. Uh, I don't know what made me say that. That's funny. Um, anyway, they're going after this 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 guy, uh, uh, George Santos, right? So you got a, a sex headline, public transit, fear in the public, corruption, the new Republican that nobody knows, um, indictment watch, jur- grand, the Georgia uh, Georgia Georgia grand jury wraps up their investigation of Trump. Uh, so indictment. They keep playing this. I cannot believe people are still falling for it. I really can't. Where's the article? I didn't put it in the show notes. I'll just tell you. I don't need to back up everything. You can look it up your damn self. I don't mean to be rude. So get a load of this. CBS pushing it. Nobody's pushing this out. But this is a story. Classified White House documents found. Biden administration. Classified White House documents found. 
Not in the White House. No, 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 no. They were somewhere else. Where were they? At the Biden House in Delaware? Nope. At the Kamala Harris House in California? Nope. At the retreats that they have all over the place? Nope. It was at the office of a so-called Democrat think tank, a.k.a. some kind of political action group. And nothing. Nothing at all. No big push, no screaming. To me, it's a little ridiculous because obviously they need to bring Trump in and talk to him about this. How is Trump now misplacing Biden documents? That's what I want to know. It's hilarious to me that you watch. It won't be two days before you see that oh, the uh, Mar-a-Lago document issue is not dead yet. Indictment's still possible. Trump's legal theatrics are, are not bulletproof. <laughs> as proven by Lolita James in New York, who accomplished, I don't know, nothing, I think. I don't know what the whole thing was there. Like, sued a company that didn't have any assets or something like that. Ridiculous. Laughable, really. All just publicity stunts, political stunts, all the same thing. Let me finish. I'm spending way too much time on this, but this is some of the nonsense in the news. The big one, of course, that you see going on is this uh, Bolsonaro... Hold up in Florida, Brazil, you know, t- being taken over by a mutant ninja turtle far-right activists, right? Um, interesting that the people have risen up there and, and have had enough. So that's big in the news. And then uh, uh, TSA was dealing with a woman who's trying to get on a flight with her emotional support snake. And... Uh, I, the, the levels of mental illness, I bet you the lady looks completely normal, too, if you saw her. There's an interesting write-up here in the uh, Epic Times um, talking about uh, the correlation between the mRNA vaccines and what you see, um, uh, you know, in the, in, the, in the COVID vaccines. And I want you to listen to this carefully a second. Nobody cares about this right now. But this is really... Worst fears in a way. The correlation between this changing of DNA, which is our identity in many ways. Not in many ways. It is our identity. They're going to change it. And it's changing. But what they've done, and I don't know if I'm making sense of all this, beyond my expertise. But part of the process in this and getting this whole thing approved was the changing of the definition of a vaccine. And they did it. Let's see here. Do they? I, um, April, in April of 2021, Webster also changed the definition of vaccine. The old definition is weakened or killed bacteria or viruses introduced into the body to prevent disease. The new definition is a preparation that is administered as by injection to stimulate the body's immune response including genetic material such as a strand of synthesized messenger RNA. So they're changing the genetic structure. They've had to change the meaning of the word vaccine to fool everybody without being clear on all that. If that's not concerning enough, this is all in the Epic Times. You really should read this. Uh, the link's in the show notes. You've got to have a subscription for Epic Times. I suggest you get it. I support them. Um. This woman who presents our listen to this, nano, the, the, um, viruses are able to insert their DNA, uh, boom, 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 
What's where's the definition? Okay. Okay. Life is assembled from nanoscale building blocks, proteins, following the instructions of DNA. The ability to alter nature through technology produces a delusional sense of superiority. Okay, two kind of conflicting points there. But this doctor, this author here is saying, yeah, doctor, uh, published in this book, nanoparticles can also be delivered through the nose. Technology causes changes to our identity, our health, our biology, our perceptions of reality. It's interesting. I don't know if I completely believe it, by the way. Seems a little strange to me. There's an argument out there along the same lines to suggest that uh, when a woman um, you know, sleeps with a man or a man sleeps with a woman, um, that part of that DNA is then, uh, you know, becomes part of her DNA. Do you really believe that? Uh, I don't know. As people are together longer and longer, they start to look like each other sometimes. But I don't know if that's evidence to support that theory. <laughs> anyway, the article's in the Epic Times. That's the news. Lots of drama all over the place. Uh, the border, Brazil, the Pope. Have you seen this Vatican plot to force Pope Francis to resign? Secret plan to put them under stress. You got the Ukraine war. All purposeful distractions, all nonsense. Now that I've kind of run us out of time, let me tell you the things that I think you should be paying attention to. Uh, we may go a little long here today. I may have to. Uh, Rolls-Royce, momentous year as car sales set record. Uh, I don't know why it's not saying that Rolls-Royce set a record there, but I think they did. Uh, you know, I, I talked. You know, talk about lack of congruency. You know, what do you expect the government to do with that news, right? You got half the people out there crying. Oh, I got to afford eggs, and then they're like, "Yeah, we just sold a record number of Rolls Royce." Like, how do you, in terms of policy and whatnot, <laughs> like, what do you do in the area of fairness when you're seeing that go on? I don't know. Uh, to me, it's just I don't know why anybody would want a Rolls Royce. Quite frankly, maybe you're a car person, you love them. I respect that, but not something on my list. I could tell you that. None of those vehicles. Like, what's the other one? The uh, I can't think of it. I'm not under those kind of cars. If I if I was going to have, uh, you know, a car collection, it would be probably like old muscle cars, like an '80s Trans Am. I'd have to go back and think. You know, there's some cool, the old GTOs, stuff like that. Big loud motor. You can like smell the gas fumes. I shouldn't talk like that. Um, speaking of which, so here's so here's the stories I'm saying paying attention to. You know, who knows if the economy's doing good or bad. You know, one day it's record people employed. The next day, the Wall Street Journal's telling us that to prepare for your layoff, the pending doom. Then again, you know, then they say, no, this is the riches recession. It's not going to affect you. It's going to affect the rich, those evil rich people. That they need to be put in their place, right? We're going to put them in their place starting now. You win, right? Oh, really? Somehow they're buying a record number of Rolls Royces. Somehow I think they're going to be okay. Uh, this is something else I would pay attention to. A Bloomberg article. A federal agency woo, uh, says a ban on gas stoves is on the table. Why? Why would you ban gas stoves? Because of a rising concern. What? I mean rising concern. What, people are afraid of stoves? Apparently. That's what I'm reading. Harmful indoor air pollutants emitted by the appliances. So they're going to ban them? Really? Fascinating. 
Couldn't you say the same about cigarettes? Maybe you could tell me that the, the damage caused by an, an oven is as bad as a Marlboro. But yet, cigarettes aren't banned. Now, they, I think, you know, well-placed, I guess, put a warning label on there. It's like, hey, buyer beware. You want to look at that warning label and choose for yourself that you want to put your lips on the, on the exhaust pipe? Go ahead. And the other one goes the same, right? So if they want to put out their propaganda that gas stoves are emitting harmful indoor air pollutants and you want to stay away from them, then um, – and what are those harmful indoor air pollutants? Uh, does it say? They're, they're, this is a hidden hazard. Richard Trumka Jr. This is from the U.S. Product Safety Commission. Any option is on the table. Products that can't be made safe can be banned. Wow. That's not government out of control. Do me a favor. Here's my message. to I don't know. Maybe you don't agree with me. I'm like, listen, I'll worry about the stove stuff, really. You guys have so much on your plate with the government and all. You've got the military and the economy and transgender rights to deal with. I, the least I want to do is, is, is pile on more, right? We'll take care of the stove stuff ourselves. How's that? Mr. Uh, whatever here with his concerns about the, the stoves. I have an electric range. Right? You know, see, we're safe. <laughs> God, I wish I had gas. I'm learning how to, I kid you not, this is not a joke. I literally over the weekend was looking up how to boil eggs on an electric stove. If you haven't never done that, it's a little bit of getting used to, let me tell you. I know, I can't even boil water on this electric stove. These guys want to ban the gas. I don't know what to tell you. Why do I bring this up? It is an important story. Uh, you don't think that this is a propaganda effort? We have people inside the government that go, in order for us to protect your safety... You need to wear a helmet everywhere you go. Now, you say, Chris, that's ridiculous. Really? You started with the mask. Why stop there? Right? Why stop there? Why not help? Concerns about head injuries, which is a real concern. It It really is. Look up the number of head injuries and what it's doing to people. I know firsthand. You should be wearing a helmet. Turn off that dirty gas stove. Or... Or would it be better that we allow adults to take just a little bit of risk on their own? Right? Uncle Joe, Uncle Joe, would it be all right if we just, just a little bit of gas still? Like, can I still use my, my propane burner outside for camping and stuff? I hope I'm not asking too much. Thank you, thank you. What the hell have we become? You're going to ban gas stoves. I'll tell you what I'd like to say. Nobody wants to hear it. My point is, you got government. It's not a government of the people. For There's nothing even resembling that. Who's this guy working for? The electric uh, appliance manufacturers? The electric lobby? The, I don't know who. What? It's not me. Stay out of my kitchen, for God's sake. There's more. Stay tuned. You ready for this one? Pfizer. Do you remember them? Do you remember Pfizer? My wife used to work there. What are the chances? Pfizer's big in our area. Brings a lot to the local economy here. It really does. You go out there to uh, Lower Providence Township, I think it is, where they're located. What do we call that? What would be a name on the map? You could find Limerick. The Limerick, Limerick it's right around the corner from the uh, Limerick Nuclear Power Plant. Maybe that's part of the whole thing, right? They're like, yeah, good, turn off the gas. Maybe they're part of the gas thing. Pfizer. Pfizer, they made billions off the whole vaccine. Seemed to have, I think that Pfizer, I believe, bought up all the major news networks, the way it sounds. All you hear is Pfizer, yay, Pfizer. Nah, they don't say it like that because that would seem biased. So instead, you'll hear things like this. 
triple pandemic and get your bivalent virus protection. Well, if there's three, how am I going to do with protection from two, Rimrod? What does that do for me? And you really should consider wearing a mask again. And a helmet, I told you. Pfizer, remember them? The pharmaceutical company that profited billions and billions? Well, all this talk about the greater good and how you had to sacrifice your child's future, pull them out of school, put them in a mask, doing remote learning, people that lost their jobs. Do you think for the greater good that Pfizer would have given back the profits? Why didn't that happen? For the greater good, of course. Where's AOC screaming? You know, all this socialism, all this new deal. What new deal? That Pfizer gets rich and gets to keep it while we all have to suffer under the guise of the greater good? It doesn't end there. Remember old Mitch, you know what, McConnell? What a scumbag. There's a long list of them. Did you see what he was doing recently, parading around with Biden? It's going to backfire, but listen to me. Pfizer gives $1 million. To what? What would Pfizer, in the era of record profits, give a $1 million to? What would you expect? Transgender surgeries for kids? Thank God they didn't do that. Um, illegal immigrants, the bail release funds. I mean, the list goes on and on with the, this leftist. This money didn't go to the left. No. No, Pfizer, they're not in with the leftist loonies at all. No. Matter of fact, I think you could argue the Pfizer's a good Republican company. Yeah. They gave a million dollars to the Kentucky GOP to expand what? To expand what? Voting rights? Uh, Information to educate voters? Nope. New headquarters, baby. Damn right. And when you hear this story about up at Twitter, them hauling out the $15,000 cappuccino machines, this is what it's symbolic of. It's unreal to me. I don't know how you hear this. And don't get enraged on every level. I I don't know what to say. I got to move on because it just makes me nuts and there's nothing I can do about it. Ozone layer on track to recover completely. Well, ain't that something? Here you go, kids. Most of you won't remember. Ah, most of you will. I take that. But most, I think most people listen are older than me at this point. I've, I asked before how many younger listeners do we have listening. A couple people did respond. I don't get a lot of emails from younger people. Though I know that. Maybe they're the ones that don't email me. Ozone layer on track to recover completely. It's hilarious looking back on it. We fell for it. And I have to believe that the boob tube, my mother used to call the TV, was a big part of allowing all this propaganda to happen. They were telling us back in the 70s that there was a hole in the ozone layer that was, I don't know what, allowing like dangerous sun rays to come through. They're going to destroy us. And the, the, the cause of this ozone depletion was in aerosol sprays, like underarm deodorant and hairspray. And this is in the era of big hair. We led into the era of big hair. They had to change all that. That's when we went to gel, gel underarm. Uh, It's funny. It's so funny this came up because I was actually thinking about this just this morning before I saw this article. I have both. (laughs) I think you care about what deodorant I use. I have spray and I have the gel. And for years, I'd take this gel and I'd smear it up and down my armpit. And I'd do all kinds of funky things to dry a little bit before I put my shirt on, which normally wouldn't wait long enough. Then I got this... This uh, deodorant stains on my T-shirt all the time. It's been a lifelong battle for me. 
Recently, I wised up a little bit. It was a really hard choice for me. Why? Because I grew up in the 70s. I was led to believe that we were burning a hole in the ozone layer. We are all going to die unless we used gel deodorant. It was just planted like a seed in my head. I didn't consciously think about this, but I was literally thinking about this. I kid you not. And I'm, so this morning, I'm, I was in a little bit of a run. I'm like, I'm just going to use the aerosol. And I was thinking, I was like, why do I not just switch to the aerosol? And I was I literally thinking about this this morning. I'm like, I can't believe we actually believe that nonsense that our deodorant was destroying the, the, the environment, the, the, the atmosphere, for God's sake. And now, who is this reporting this? I don't think it was like a big CNN. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know what to tell you. You know, now it's all, it's all here, CNN. <laughs> so where's the global warming? Thank God we switched deodorants when we did. Somebody call Ocasio-Cortex and let her know. It's not, listen, this whole, uh, what's the word they use? Not imminent threat. I can't think of it. Oh, thank God I can't. Existential threat. <laughs> Existential threat. <laughs> Keep blowing that deodorant. <laughs> Oh, thank God I can laugh. Well, you can let her know that it's 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 not doomed. It can always be reversed. So let her know with her 14-year prediction, we'll get started at about 13. <laughs> Just like we did with the deodorant. It'll work out fine. It'll be healed up in a couple of years. Oh, God. I have two more things to share with you. Please stay with me. I hope you do. Or don't. I don't know. Maybe you have better things to do. I'm not even getting into this. Researchers could track the GPS location of all of California's new digital license plates. I don't know the details of it. Apparently, these, and I don't know if this is the state of California. I have to believe it's not. Probably not. Um, some kind of digital license plate. In after gaining access to a powerful administrative account, the researchers could perform all sorts of tasks inside Reviver. The sole company that sells the digital plates in California. I don't know. The, does anybody in California know the details of this? Uh, anyway, somehow some people are coming up with a digital license plate. Well, they all can be tracked. And it got hacked. So who cares? Right? I mean, if you're in California and they offer this however it's offered and you go sign it up for it and you're okay being tracked around. Maybe you want to be tracked around. I don't know. Maybe it's better to be tracked in some cases. I mean, why not? Our phones are doing it. What's the difference, right? Now they can marry it up. Yes, you are in the car. We got your camera. They can put like a whole thing digitally. Mass surveillance. It's here. So I got an idea. Why don't we throw digital currency in there too? Wouldn't that be a good idea? And then you don't think that they? How, how could they possibly track every car? <laughs> don't think that that problem hasn't already been solved. All right. Big article by Marcola. I want to share with you. I want to share with you little results. Uh, that I've had on my own, how to stay fit for life. And uh, let me just read this. It's, it's really too late to start resistance training is the point of this. You can build muscle mass well after age 60. That's a fact. Don't let anybody tell you different. I set a new personal record in the leg press for 600 pounds, far better than the 400-pound lift I did the day before. It's Dr. Mercola. Uh, I can't pronounce this. Sarcopenia? Sarcopenia? Maybe I did. Medical term. Age-related muscle loss threatens a healthy lifespan. You don't want to lose muscle. Big deal. Loss of ma- uh, muscle mass is thought to be a primary driver of insulin resistance. Uh, that causes all kinds of problems, even if you're not diabetic, by the way. I believe you can be like, an, an, I don't know if it was even the right terms, but 
You can be feeling the results of diabetic from the diet without necessarily being diabetic. Messes with your hormones, stuff like that. That's my point. Uh, critical to eat enough protein to keep your muscle mass. Let me make it real simple for you. You need to keep moving. You need to keep doing stuff. All right. You can talk about weightlifting. You can talk about sports. You can talk about walking. You can talk about all these things. Uh, but you got to keep going. And even if you don't do it all the time, it's never too late to get started. I tried to make the point to you. Don't you don't try going from zero to a hundred. All right. If you've been sitting around for the past two months, like I was. You don't go, go, hey, I'm going to go start running again and go run five miles, at least not at my age. You get hurt, bottom line. It's not a good idea. Even if you're going to fast, you know, prepare to fast. How do you do that? We'll get into that another time. I'll tell you how I do it. I'm not the expert on it. Let me give you the quick results because I'm off to a banner new year. Even though I'm sick, I'm still sick of this cough, this congestion, uh, but I'm going to get through it. And I actually feel pretty good underneath, believe it or not, because I've been taking care of myself. I get a little sloppy around the holidays. I've talked about that this year. And I found in tracking my weight, I have this app. I'm sure it's you know all over the dark web, too. But I figure if all they have is my weight, I'll be okay. Um, and I log it on there. I've been doing that for the past two years. And every time I get on the scale, it logs it on there, at least as long as I have the app open. And uh, what I found is that I will my weight will vary the course of the year, about 30 pounds. About 30, 35 pounds. And that swing... Right, because as I'm getting older, I'm recognizing I need to drop my weight. You know, I, I was very comfortable at 280, muscular 280. Right, I'm not saying I was ripped because I was not, but I had a lot of muscle and I could carry it well. I did that for quite a few years, even more, really. 280, I was, I went, like, I was like 340 at one point. I was not comfortable at 340, and that's kind of what began my journey. You know, I went through those skinny. I was actually fat as a teen, as as a as a young kid, poor eating habits. Um, but I got way lean as I got older, going through high school. I was a rail, Marine Corps, very, very lean. Um, got out of the Marine Corps, and that pattern started to change. And uh, all of a sudden, I woke up one day, whatever, 35 years old, I bought a scale. I looked at my weight. I looked in the chart, and it said obese. And I realized that this idea of weight, con- I never had, never before in my life before that, the idea of weight control ever enter my mind. And so the past 15, 20 years now, I've been prof- like, okay, I get it. And part of that has been, you know, I like steak. I like to eat big. I don't know why I said steak, but um, you know, I like to eat big, be big, do big. I don't know. You know, I just enjoy that stuff. And well, that comes with a price, right? And as I've gotten older, I realized, like, I can't carry that weight around. I need to get my weight down. And so I have, but then I revert to my old habits. I cycle back up, and I become very efficient at taking it off, which you've heard me talk about. Now I realize I've created a new problem for myself. I'm thinking that's not healthy to be going up and down 30 pounds every year. I'm not going to say, you know, not healthy. It's not the healthiest way to live, to let myself get that far out of balance. And I think I'm feeling the effects of that right now. Anyway, uh, so lesson to me going into this year, I don't want to let that delta get so wide anymore. In other words, I don't get so fat next Christmas, pure and simple. And I'm going to have to develop a strategy to do that effectively. In the meantime, right now, my goal is to get my weight back down. Back last spring, I was down to the lowest I had been since I got out of the Marine Corps. 230 or 240 pounds, some pounds, something like that. Low 240s, high 230s, I forget. Really lean for me. Felt great. You probably heard me talking about it. I want to get back to that. 15 pounds I dropped in the first week. Now I know people draw it's water weight. Hey, I'm not. You can call it what you want. <laughs> it's not on me anymore. And uh, let me tell you how I did. And that's extraordinary, by the way. And I'm not suggesting that. I I think that the starting weight. 
I was very, very bloated. I know I was. The, uh, the, um, you know what I like? Here's a little, a little revealing for you. You ever get those big uh, corn chips, the scoops with cheese dip? That's tasty. That's like not not good for you at all. <laughs> like it's got a lot of salt in each chip for like your monthly allowance, right? And then that cheese, that's not cheese. <laughs> it's like that's like mRNA vaccines that they couldn't use. They put a little put a yellow number five in there and that's what they got. And you know, it's like mm. <laughs> talk about changing your DNA, it sure is. <laughs> Oh, that's I was eating stuff like I'm not saying that's all I ate, but I had a few of those, among some other things in the same genre, and so I think I was extremely bloated. But it just goes to show you what healthy eating versus unhealthy eating, and I could go on and on about this. This is really true. You spend a week, you know, eating like garbage, and you could artificially prop up. You're just carrying around. What do you want to call it? Water weight, air weight. I don't know. What those difference does it make? You're bloated, and now I'm not. I think that's pretty cool. If you do too, and I'm going to keep going. It's not a one-week endeavor. You watch. I'll keep giving you the results, and I'll be forthright with what I'm doing. I don't have any commitment. I don't have any goals. Quite frankly, as of right now, I could be like, you know what? I've got my weight down to a more healthier task. I'm just going to take it easy for a little bit. Kind of did what I needed to do. Not really, because it's 30 pounds, and I dropped 15, and it's the next 15 are going to be a lot harder than that 15, which is fine. But anyway, you get the idea. How did I do it? Pretty simple. This is me. I'm not telling you what to do. I don't tell anybody what to do. I'm not going to give you a diet name. There is no diet name. This is the Chris way of eating. And it's a solid way of eating. It really is. Go check with your nutritionist or whatever you need to do. Simple formula. Get enough rest. Get enough water. Properly nourish. Hydrate. Did I say that? Water. Exercise. Then you're, you know, I guess you could call it Exercise. So I've been walking over the past week. I walk two miles a day. I was sick a couple of days, so I did laps around my driveway, more of a shuffle. But I put my, I put my time in. And that time being outside and walking, I have to believe probably should be on the, uh, on the, on the uh, food pyramid as an essential uh, nutrient. I'm not kidding you. The more I look into it, the importance of sunlight and being outside and fresh air, it's critical to your overall health. You know, it's like, remember the, the craze, talk about 70s crazes, when they were complaining about the um, uh, veal and, and the way the cows were kept in those enclosed pens, and that we said that was inhumane, but yet we do it to ourselves, to our children. We say, no, we don't. We have much more room to roam around. Yeah, indeed we do. Uh, I wake up, green smoothie. I've done a little tricks, call me crazy. I didn't do it every day because I got sick, but basically my plan here, at least for the short range, uh, I have a habit of when I wake up, I usually walk right outside, if not immediately, very soon after. And I just go out and get a stretch in and look up at the sky, usually just take a moment to say thank you and uh, get some fresh air and, and get started on my day. And I found that it works very well for me. Now what I'm doing is start walking around the yard, try to walk like a quarter mile, put a little lap in. Usually when I wake up, it's dark here at this time. I have a little headlamp I use for that. And I figure walking around the yard should be pretty safe. Hopefully I don't get attacked by a raccoon or something like that. We don't even have any raccoons that I know of, which is uh, interesting. Maybe that'll be next. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, raccoon hunting in my morning walks. Is this extreme that I wake up early and go walk a quarter mile? Is that extreme? 
I take multivitamin. It takes, I don't even want to get into that because I don't like to, 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 to people decide for yourself. You take a multi, a D, a probiotic. There's like a basic core that I, I think people should would do well to take. Some people you just pee it out. All right. I guess if you're eating perfectly. And then as far as the food, um, this is really interesting, by the way. After a week of this. Let me tell you how I've been eating. I'll tell you what happened after a week, and I've had this happen before. Uh, last week, I only averaged about 1,100 calories a day. I've been keeping track. Now, you know, the medical community would say, oh, it's unsafe. I didn't say you should do that. I never said that. I just told you what I did. And I was sick part of the time, which certainly impacted that. I wasn't hungry while I was sick. So um, about 1,100 calories a day. But here's how I was eating. Typical day. Green smoothie for breakfast, which is one banana and spinach and 24 ounces of water. Nice big green smoothie. Really just spinach with a little banana to make it a little more palatable. And give you, you need a little bit, I, I need a little bit of carbs to get me going. It gives you a little bit of sugar there to get going in the morning. Green smoothie. Breakfast a little later in the morning. Uh, bacon and eggs I've been doing. Four slices of bacon, three hard-boiled eggs, about 450 calories. Lunch, two chicken thighs. Let's just call it 500 calories. 500 for breakfast with the smoothie. 500 for lunch, right? 1,000 calories. Sensible dinner like chicken breast and some green beans, another 500 calories, 1,500 done. I wouldn't keep that level of calories, although I really have to adjust as I get older. Let me tell you what's happened. Notice I didn't say any bread, no desserts, no nothing like that. None of that. And um, I don't know. I, I might have gotten a little keto flu in there. I was t- talking to my chiropractor about this. And, you know, he's reminding me how hard it is to get into ketosis, which is really true. I don't know. But I really dropped the carbs hard completely. I had the banana. There's carbs in that. This is another definition you could get into, by the way. Simple carbs. You heard all that. Any processed carbs, put it that way. Raw sugar. Not even just raw sugar, really, but processed carbs. So it changes everything. I didn't have any of that. Not None of it. A week of that. You would think, and I was a little surprised with my calories that low. Again, I, that wasn't I, I, my design was fifteen hundred a day, ended up at eleven hundred a day, which is amazing. I set a goal of fifteen hundred a day, hoping to hit seventeen hundred a day, ended up at eleven hundred a day. That's what helped me lose the weight. That was great in that regard. Guess what happened today? I was not hungry. I had to make myself eat all day, which I did. By the way, I still only ate about nine hundred calories today. I'm going to tell you, I'm not telling you what to do. You know, to day eight with calories in that range, I, I, I don't think they know. They say, well, it's unsafe. What's unsafe about it? I feel great. I'm not going to go months on end like this, although I kind of wonder if I couldn't. It got me thinking to a bunch of things. But honestly, I think as I was out on my walk, I had some grand old thoughts about all this. But let me just stick to the basics today and get the heck out of here, shall we? I don't know. The news is crazy. I try to give you a little sanity where there is none. I try to point out the important things, but most of all, I got to tell you, you got to take care of yourself. That's it for today. We were rambling on for a while. God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. I sure hope to see you there. In the meantime, make it a great day.